You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves. Tim, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing great, John. Thanks for having me back yet again. Oh, you know what? You keep doing well, so we keep having you back. It's very exciting. We got, we got hockey insider Frank Saravelli on the show today. He's he's probably the best in the business right now, wouldn't you think well, so? He's you know, up when there. He, he, when he was with TSN, he was like kind of there molding him. They were trying to figure out what to do with this guy. He was pushing the boundaries. Bob McKenzie was getting nervous. James Duffy didn't know what to do with him. All these guys, they were worried about him taking his job. And TSN's cutthroat. When I was kind of, you know, put my line in different companies, TSN, ESPN, Sportsnet, all these different companies, TSN was a real deal. They were, they were the cat's meow, but they were cutthroat. Sportsnet, they were still trying to figure out what they were doing. They were throwing a lot of money at the wall, seeing if it was stick. They got Don Cherry, Ron McLean. They bought the NHL. They were just, they were like a kid in a candy store with way too much money and they didn't know what to do with it. So they were buying everything. Obviously, they fired a lot of people Sportsnet did. They're still trying to figure it out. They got Jeff Merrick. He works good there. But anyways, Frank kind of played the played the field. Now he's on his own. He's still dating, but he's on his own. I think he works with sports in a little bit here and there. But he is the best now. He he is over succeeded succeeded. Bob McKenzie. I don't know what the word is. I'm not good with words, Tim. I don't know what succeeded. I don't know what I'm trying. Succeeded. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, he's going to be on the show any second. Now we'll kind of get his insight on the Eichel situation. Maybe touch on Brady Kachuk. There's a couple things I want to ask him about what it's like to be a reporter nowadays when you don't really talk about hockey stuff anymore. We're talking about all this random weird stuff that's going on and nothing has to do with hockey at all. It's all like social media, like really serious issues. It's just a weird time right now for hockey. Don't you think? Yeah. It's surgeries and drugs and divorces and COVID. It's not, it's not stuff happening on the ice. It's the real housewives of the NHL. It's, it's so bizarre. No one wants to talk about hockey worse than this guy. And he's been stuck talking about all his random stuff. So it'll be neat to talk to him. He'll be on the show coming up, but uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Anyways, without further ado, let's get to it. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Frank's here. He wants to talk. Let's go. Enter Frank Saravalli. This episode is brought to you by Fantrax. It's the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, everybody. It offers the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper or redraft leagues. Create or join a league, invite your friends, and dominate your drafts this season. Fantrax offers plenty of features like ESPN and Yahoo don't. So check out their site to learn more. Fantrax is the top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry. Go to Fantrax.com forward slash DTG to register, and you could even win an autographed Nathan McKinnon jersey. All right, everybody. Like we told you, we got the main man himself, the hockey insider, Frank Cervelli. Frank, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. You know, I just got to tell you, I, I saw some tweets promoting my appearance. The best insider in the game. Like, can you send me your address so I can send you a check? I can. Yeah. After the show, I'll give you my address and then I'll expect a check from you. You've got six college funds to fill. So anything, I can, anything I can do to help, uh, I'm happy to. That's it's very all about nice the education. That's nice of you to think all my kids are going to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> it's Seriously, though, you know, I was actually thinking about joining you again. And I was like, it's still to me ridiculously impressive that like, what are you engineering up today? What are you up to? Today, I'm doing a, a big apartment complex, a three story apartment complex. It's called Morgan Farms. So it's fun. 
No. What, so what of, what part of that are you like? What what are you working on specifically? We do specifically. I'm doing the HVAC today, but we do electrical, plumbing, HVAC stuff. Nothing too crazy. It's the kind of the redheaded stepchild of engineering. So but you're, but you're basically mapping it all out. Yeah. And where, you know, where all the duct work goes and all that stuff. They give me the skeleton and I try to shoehorn in all the ducting that no one wants to deal with. So it's, it's a very thankless job. But to your point, it gets you out of the house. It does. It does. It really does. So I'm in my office right you now. I don't have a fancy setup like you do. You're an Eagles fan. You're from Philly. That's right. Oh, I'm my. from Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what did you think about um, the Alan Vigneault thing? Now that we just touched on Philly with the Robin Lanner and then Sestito, what do you think about that whole saga with them kind of throwing Philly under the bus? I got to tell you that I think Elaine Vigneault handled it pretty well. Yeah. I don't know if, if you were in that same situation and someone had lobbed a, a, a pretty, yeah, a serious accusation your way for everyone to see with a hundred and some thousand followers on social media and every media member in the league picks it up and is reading it. And then you get asked about it in your next press conference I thought he handled it pretty well, uh, basically just saying, I, I don't know the guy, not sure where this is coming from. And on Robin Leonard's end, having talked to him quite a bit throughout the process and, and understanding what he was after, he was never accusing Elaine Vigneault of pushing pills. It was more, and the accusation he made with us on dailyfaceoff.com was about the way Elaine Vigneault has treated players with mental health issues, according to Robin Leonard. Now, for someone to throw that out there and still then not provide the goods, I'd be pretty upset if I was Elaine Vigneault. And, yeah. and I think Robin Leonard probably uh, understands that he could have been more clear and concise in his message and what he wanted to put out there. But to me, um, you know, I, Robin Leonard says at this point, he's going to keep everything to himself and try and work for change behind the scenes with the NHL, and the PA after having two calls this week following grabbing their attention. What's it like? You're like we mentioned in the opener, you're the guy. Has it been weird? The news cycle that we're dealing with now, instead of talking about like the season, the upcoming season, we're talking about someone's back surgery. We're talking about Evander Kane and all his wild stuff. We're talking about Robin Lanner and his, his issues, his health issues, his mental issues. And then this drug aspect being thrown gasoline on a fire. Have you ever seen an off season where it's been hockey talk, but not hockey? You know what I mean? No, I do know what you mean. And like, I've secretly been sitting over here in my office praying, like, can we just get to puck drop already? Like, uh, it's not that I, I mind digging in on other stories, but I feel like the Jack Eichel situation, we've had so little new to chew on for so long. Like this is going back to March. There's been really no meaningful progress since that injury. And you know, the Robin Leonard thing is new. And, and unfortunately it was a little bit scattershot for Robin Leonard and his approach. It was almost like ready, fire, aim, instead of ready, aim, fire. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that sort of threw everyone through a loop. And then, you know, there's different parts of the process and people that are upset about it from the league's perspective, Gary Bettman saying he wished Robin Leonard just called the 1-800 number and, all these different layers and things to it. And then the Evander Kane part, which we haven't even really dug in on, uh, the league is, has also kept that pretty close to the vest in terms of what exactly they're investigating Evander Kane for. I mean, he had – there was a report that came out from front office sports on Tuesday night saying that uh, Evander Kane is being investigated for submitting a fake vaccination card and that that may have put – his teammates and those in the Sharks organization and players that he's playing against 
uh, at greater risk for contracting COVID. And so that could be part of it. When I asked the league, they said they're still not prepared to comment yet on exactly what they're investigating and Evander Kane for. And then there's the other part of it, which are the disturbing uh, domestic abuse and sexual assault allegations that were levied by his wife in court, his ex-wife, I should say. So it's, uh, geez, a lot to unpack. Uh, head is spinning on that front. And then on a personal front, I'm you know, trying to launch and grow uh, dailyfaceoff.com and adding to our content team, getting people hired and paid and setting up this new show that's going on. Like, I, I don't know. My stress level's through the roof. I can't imagine. And you got to be a lawyer to sort through all this stuff. You got to watch what you say because we talked about Evander Kane a couple shows ago and Tim's like, you can't say that. We got to be careful. You can't say that because yeah. it's just like, it's such like well, really serious important. business. It's important stuff. Yeah. And I have my own personal feelings towards it. I, you know, and I try to toe the line as much as I can, but it's why, like, it's crazy stuff. It's, well, it's I mean, wild that's stuff. why I try and deal not in feelings and opinions, but in fact, like, first off, no one cares what I think or have to say. And like, I think the sooner as a reporter, you realize that the better off you are. Um, and then the second part is like, I don't want to present anything that, may ultimately be proven to be not true. I don't think that's fair to anyone in the process. You know, there's a process for a reason and try and be respectful of that and try and report on, um, you know, exactly what you know to be factually accurate. And I'm the opposite. I go only on emotions and then I just get in trouble and people are like, no, you're absolutely wrong, John. DoorDash is the proud sponsor of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Gloves DD US and Gloves DD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Restaurants and more delivered right to your door. Look up some restaurants you guys like. I like Subway. I call them. I get it delivered right to my door when I'm at work. It's fantastic. So go to DoorDash.com forward slash nothing. Just DoorDash.com. Enter promo code Gloves DD US and Gloves DD to get yourself 25% off and no delivery fees. You mentioned Eichel. Drager came out with his report saying New York is sniffing, you know, they, they smell blood in the water. They did some, maybe some investigations on their own into his medical reports and they're interested. And so maybe some other teams are interested in Jack. What have, is there any movement there? Is he going to get traded before the season during this season? Are we going to see Eichel on the ice this year for some team? I have a hard time believing it. Uh, and that's also purely just from a medical perspective. Like I, I haven't gotten any clarity one way or the other, whether it goes with one surgery or the other, either way, there's a recovery process that comes with that. So is mm -hmm. it three months? Is it six months? Obviously Jack Eichel wants to play in the Olympics. I would imagine the clock is ticking on that. And there's that sort of pressure point, the dig in point from the Sabres that are like, we've given this guy everything we're not going to now do this on Jack Eichel's timeline because he wants to play in the Olympics. I firmly believe that they've dug in on that front. I realize that teams have now gotten access to Jack Eichel's medical files and have a clearer picture in their own head and, and with their medical professionals as to what exactly all of this entails. My thing is, provided that the Sabres are continuing to ask teams to pay a significant price, which I believe they are, why would any team trade for him pre-surgery? Wouldn't you want to have the Sabres take on all that risk and then see what Jack Eichel and get a medical evaluation on the end of that and see how he's feeling? Because if not, not only are you trading players, pieces, prospects, assets, whatever it is in your organization to get Jack Eichel and pay a significant price for that, 
But there's also a $50 million contract that only 40 of $40 million of those 50 would be covered by insurance on the back end. So it's a significant financial investment as well. And so I have personally have a hard time believing that a team would be willing to pony up all those things in order to bring Jack Eichel in before the surgery. And frankly, I don't know what the incentive or the rush is to do it now. Let it play out with the Sabres and then let them dictate the price. And if you have to ultimately pay more for a healthier Jack Eichel that you actually know is healthy, well, then that's a different story. Does the fact that he doesn't get the surgery, and I don't know this answer, maybe you do. He went to the Sabres training camp. He failed his physical. He's gone now. So technically he's still, you know, check that box with the Sabres. Do the Sabres have the power to say, okay, Jack, we're scheduling you for surgery. You're our property. Or can he say, no, I don't want the surgery and just bow out and they have to pay him the $10 million regardless. Well, they can't force you to get a surgery that you don't want to have. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. pretty clear. I think what isn't clear is, and I've actually tried to get the answer to this question and haven't to this point because no one wants to speak about the hypotheticals. I think the real question that everyone should be asking is, or or perhaps the Sabres even are, is can they suspend Jack Eichel without pay? That's that's the million-dollar question, the $10 million question. The $10 million question, yeah, and it's – I I don't know the answer because there's a lot of ambiguity and gray area here. This isn't a cop-out because this is an actual legitimate hockey-related injury. It was sustained while playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, they've been squabbling since March one way or the other about which way this is going to go. They can't come to a resolution. The Eichel camp hasn't taken the formal process to either grieve it or file a complaint of care uh, process. And I think until then, my hunch and or inkling would be that the Sabres potentially could have grounds to suspend Jack Eichel without pay on the basis of we've provided you an avenue to get healthy. You have turned it down. And now you're in breach of your contract because this injury was sustained so long ago that you have decided to not make an attempt to get healthier and you are in violation of essentially the part of the contract that says you must show up and be in proper physical condition to be a hockey player. This so, situation could turn ugly very quickly if it, it does go is. down that road. Yeah, it, it, it is. Ugly. But like it, it could go into litigation. Jack's representation would sue the Sabres. It, it could get really, really nasty if they, if they go down that road, which is why I, I don't know the how to fix this situation it's such if a you're strange the Sabres, do you want to be paying out 10 million dollars this year to a player who's basically no. folded his arms and is sitting on the sidelines saying i want my type of surgery and my type of surgery only and i'm not willing to do anything otherwise no but from the player's perspective if i'm getting told that this surgery is the best option this will help you recover and you'll be better you won't have to deal with this when you're 60 years old and the sabers are saying no we're not doing that you, you, you have to kind of take your future into account and be like, okay, well, if I get this surgery, it's going to impact me the rest of my life. If I get this one, it could potentially help me and I won't have to deal with it forever. There's a lot, like it's, it's an interesting it. situation. And I think there's also some other third party advisors yeah. that have basically said, I can see where you're coming from and why you'd want to get that. 
but no one can give you any sort of guarantee because what you're asking for, it's never been done on an active hockey player that then Mm -hmm. needs to face physical body contact. It's just never happened. And so no one can sign off and with any degree of certainty and say, this is going to work. And so that's, you know, that's the risk that Jack Eichel is weighing. It's like, do I, am I more concerned about my quality of life later, which is obviously a huge question, but also, am I willing to take that at the chance that I may never play again? Or it's have a, the ability it's very to play strange. Again? Yeah. What do you value more? It's, it's an interesting situation. And I know Kevin Adams and I don't think he's going to balk. I, I think he's going to play this out and he, he's going to, you know, not jeopardize the Sabres future by just giving them away for free. So it'll be interesting. I want to move on just because I know you're, you're Wait, I want to ask you before okay. you do that. Okay. I want to ask you personally from the player's perspective, given that this has been such a hot topic between Robin Leonard, you know, and, and his, his stance um, and the accusations that he's levied and also then tying into the sort of medical um, issue with Jack Eichel going on. What was it like? What did, how did you feel like your care was? And since I know I'm going to get an honest answer from you, especially on this podcast, how did you feel like the level of care was in the NHL? And did you always feel like the team and the club physician had your best interests at heart when you were dealing with a medical issue? Well, listen, at the end of the day, it is a business and you are their, you know, product, you're, you're their property and a business's first kind of they're taking care of themselves first so i think every player knew that their goal was to get you on the ice as quick as possible and the smart play a lot of the time was maybe sitting out for two three months but they would expedite that just to get you on the ice even though there was a a possibility you could get injured further we saw robin's picture with his ankle that i I had a high ankle sprain and i'm not a high-end player like robin but they said okay you could potentially play. Let's push out there because they wanted to get me back down in the minors because i was counting against the cap so it just um did you, you know, feel like they, they, they pushed too far at times? And do you have an example of something that, that might be like, might shine a light on, on a typical situation that guys might face? That's not my you know tea to spill. I'm not going to out guys who are still playing in the NHL, but you do see situations where it's a high-end guy and they are hurt and they're laboring in the locker room at, here and there. And it's just like, man, you're going to go out and play. That's crazy. And they're shooting up with Tordal. I was telling Tim before we came on the air, like, it was commonplace for guys to get, you know, toward all. I'm sure it still goes around the league and it's uh it was definitely an issue. I've had friends who have died because they've gotten, you know, hooked on the drugs that doctors give them after surgery. It's well-documented what happened to Derek and me and him were really, really good friends. And it's definitely an issue. And I'm glad it's being talked about, but I've been on teams where it's been really good. So like I, I've been on seven teams in the NHL. So I've seen the good and I've seen the bad. And, it's and just, you've seen, you've seen you lived in the NHL after the 2013 CBA when they put in place some mechanisms to help monitor and deal with some of those issues. Do you think it still goes on? No, they definitely got Robin Leonard at his word when he says that this is still happening. I think it's done in a different way. They have to get prescriptions now and they have to kind of go there. There has to be a paper trail. When I was playing, when I first jumped into the league, they would come up and down the plane or the bus and, I don't want to say it was like a candy store, but if you said your shoulder hurt, they would say, here you go, take whatever you want, reach into the bag. It was like Halloween. So that was it. And there was no kind of checks and balances. And I think they have put in place checks and balances where a doctor can be culpable for what he does to his player. And that's kind of put the reins on the doctor saying, Oh, hold on a second. Maybe I can't just go out and just, you know, 
you know, pinata gets busted open. Everyone's grabbing for pills. So it's, um, it's better. I don't know what it's like now. Obviously I don't play, but when I left the league, there was a lot more kind of checks and balances involved, which is a good thing. You know, it, it was a little crazy hearing about the ambient parties and stuff. When I first jumped into the league, I was like, Whoa, this is, uh, this is an interesting situation we got going on here. <laughs> mm, I can't but, imagine. Hey, you're listening to dropping the gloves brought to you by Fantrax. I want to ask some hockey questions. We have the insider here. I know we've talked about Jack and the pills. You got a hard out in like five minutes. All right. Does Brady Kachuk sign before camp, before the season starts? He's got three days left. No. How long does he hold out for? Well, it's not a holdout. He doesn't have a contract. How long until they, they agree to a contract? Mm, see, I, I think it's a slippery slope because, like, you miss one game and then it's like, well, what's the difference if you miss 13 now? Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure on – and I really had to think about giving you an answer. My gut says no because I think they're pretty dug in at this point on this philosophical divide between the the Sens really want to have and buy as many years of Brady Kachuk as possible, seven, eight years. And his camp is thinking way more along the lines of a short-term deal, bridge deal, a three-year deal. I don't know how you bridge that gap between those two different philosophical ideals – I, I mean, I guess I know one way, which you would bridge be it to, with five, five, six, seven, eight million bucks. That's what you bridge it with. Yeah. You back up the Brinks truck and you say, okay, yeah. I'll convince you to take this eight year deal. Is that possible that that happens? Yes. But I also think the Sens are dealing with some financial realities that other teams in the NHL aren't. And I think they've got no interest in dealing out signing bonus money, which would probably have to be a prerequisite in terms of getting a deal like that done. So my guess is that this probably lingers a little bit and I just don't, I don't know when he signs all of a sudden that December 1st deadline sort of starts to loom a little bit. And then there's no incentive for them to sign him because they're not a competitive team at all. They're going to be a seller dweller. Like the idea of them competing, like Dorian said. The incentive is you're not going to let Brady Kachuk waste on the sidelines. Yeah. Sign him to a short-term deal and you'll find a way to move on. Like it makes no sense to have him sit out for a year and waste one of the true prime years of his career. Okay. So Frank, we saw a lot of like players sign in new places this year, a few trades. Like when you look around the league, what player do you think will benefit the most from a, a new place and a new team? Ooh, Tim, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, there's a lot of acquisitions that I really liked. Uh, I would love Connor Garland in Vancouver. Like that guy just delivers small, scrappy, He's going to score 25 goals this year. Uh, I love Sam Reinhart in Florida. He yeah. was already a 30-30 guy in Buffalo. I think he's a minimum, like minimum 75 points, especially if he plays with Barkov. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him north of a point per game. Uh, I think he's a special player, and I think he's signed to a really manageable contract. In parentheses, I'm going to add there, what are they going to do with Sasha Barkov and getting him signed, question mark? Um, Nick Ritchie in Toronto. That's the guy who's going to have the biggest season. You think so? See, I, I don't even think he's the best acquisition on the team. I, I like Michael Bunting and the year that Bunting's he's good. Have. Rookie of the I, year, maybe. I, well, I don't know about that, but I, I think Bunting is a 2020 guy. 20 goals, 20 assists, 40 points. I think he's a $950,000 version of Zach Hyman. He's got a nose for the net. He is maybe he, he's maybe not quite as dogged as Zach Hyman was in terms of his ability to hunt pucks and, and really get in there. 
but he goes to the right area and he's got better hands than Zach Hyman. So I would say that if Zach Hyman was able to score 20, 20, whatever his numbers ended up being to get Michael Bunting on a two year deal, by the way, um, I think that's a steal for the Leafs and, and I can pencil him in, like I said, for 20 plus 20. All right, gun to head. Does the Maple Leafs win a playoff round this year? Gun to head. Ooh, my word! Or just no gun to your head, Frank. Yeah, Tim. Like this is, aggressive. John. Yeah, John's wearing the shirt. Violent gentleman. I, you guys aren't <laughs> kidding. Um, I and I am from Philly, so that doesn't even phase me. Um, I would say yes, they do. I. You know, did you? I don't know if you guys watched the All or Nothing series on Amazon. Uh, with the Leafs, but I came away with a, a few different appreciations, one of which was Sheldon Keefe and his ability to really get on his players. Like, I don't know if I expected him to be sort of mild-mannered or whatnot, but he really, like, uh, they have something there with Sheldon Keefe. I think Mitch Marner puts so much pressure on himself that it's almost detrimental. Like he wants to win so bad that he probably tries to do too much. And there's so much pressure. And you heard this quote from Paul McLean, their assistant coach, like they've got demons everywhere in their cars, under their beds. And I I just, I don't know if they can go and win the Stanley cup this year, because I think there needs to be some kind of trend where you're, you know, you win two rounds or three rounds and you get closer and you, you make that incremental step. But I actually do like, I do think that team is going to be good. And I, I think that they've made some improvements on the depth end there. No one's really talking about their goaltending and sort of how that might struggle a bit with Morazic and Campbell. But uh, I, I think they, I actually do think they went around gun to head. Yes. They're very hungry this year. I think. Oh, boys, ESPN Plus is here. It has become a must-have for hockey fans. I've already signed on. You can get access to more than 1,000 out-of-market NHL games and 75 weekly national games all season. I challenge you to watch more hockey anywhere else than ESPN Plus. You can stream thousands of live events and best leagues and biggest tournaments in the world, everybody. It's got exclusive originals like the unbelievable 30 for 30 library. Everybody loves every one of those. So go to ESPNplus.com forward slash NHL forward slash gloves and sign up right now. Also, ESPN Plus is the home for this week's Fury versus Wilder fight. It's going to be a haymaker, snot gobbler. Tim, I'm going to watch that one. It's on October 9th. So go to ESPN Plus and sign up. One last question. Who's Philly's best uh, acquisition? They made a bunch. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Risto, Ellis, who is it? Yeah. Atkinson. Atkinson. I'm going to say Keith Yandel. You son of a – one guy we didn't even say, Keith Yandel. He's yeah. such an insider. Uh, I, I just think, first off, like, he's going to loosen things up there. And you talk about pressure and what whatever Mitch Marner is facing. Like, Claude Giroux, another guy that wants to win so freaking bad that I think he gets in his own way. Yeah. I think Yandel can help loosen things up a little bit. They don't have that power play specialist, the guy. And if you use Keith Yandel in the right way, that guy's a 40-point scorer minimum. And, I and I, he does – everyone wants to spend so much time focusing on what Keith Yandel doesn't do or doesn't do well. Like, let's talk about the elite ability that he does have. And if you're a coach, your only mission and mandate is to get that out of him. So for me, um, 
I like Yandel on a bargain, prove it one year deal. And if you properly harness him, he can help you off the ice. He can help you on the ice. And with so many changes to that decor, he's sort of the one element that they didn't have. Wow. Frank gets fired up when he talks about Philadelphia. I love it. Thank you for coming on, Frank Saravalli. You can check him out everywhere, anywhere you look. He's there on Twitter, on Sportsnet, Daily Faceoff. Where else can we get you, Frank? Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, dailyfaceoff.com. We've got a new show launching Monday to Friday. I know, John, you'll be impressed. We used a lot of brain power coming up with this the daily face-off show. That's what we're calling it. You guys are so innovative. We're going to have some former players joining us. Uh, Mike McKenna, Bryce Salvador, uh, some names to be announced. Um, So yeah, still filling out our roster, but we're excited to get rolling on Monday, October 11th. So check check that out, everybody. Dailyfaceoff.com. Frank Cervelli. Frank, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be in touch, my friend. Have a good one. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for any leagues that you want. So go to Fantrax.com forward slash DTG to register, and you could win an autographed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Guys, one of the top three players in the league. You want to win that, and you want to join Fantrax. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. It's the best fantasy platform in the business. I'm on there. Tim's on there. You should be on there. Fantrax.com forward slash DTG. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.